Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 207 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Randall Cunningham episode? Now, him I've heard of. You remember Ramblin' Randall? Ramblin'? He uh, he was a scrambling quarterback. Philadelphia Eagles and then the Minnesota Vikings had some great years with the Eagles, late 80s, early 90s. I think he played in that Fog Bowl game over at uh, Soldier Field, Eagles and Bears. Uh, would the career spotlight be more Eagles than Vikings? I would or say was it so. Even? No, I would say it would be more Eagles than Vikings. Okay. He came out of UNLV, which was not exactly a football power, nor is it now. And uh, there were there were a lot of people that thought that he would be the the new prototype of quarterback in the NFL because he was mobile and uh, had a rocket for an arm. Now, that arm wasn't always the most accurate, but he was a fun quarterback to watch. Ramblin' Randall Cunningham, number 207. I guess the Eagles really took a gamble on him from UNLV. I get what you did there. Coming up later in this program, Muffet McGraw steps down from the University of Notre Dame coaching position. In comes Neil Ivey. This has all happened since our last podcast. Well, remember in our last podcast, we said we probably wouldn't have one Friday. That's right. And then within three hours, uh, Muffet McGraw resigns. Uh, let me give you some behind the scenes on this. Okay. And, and, and a thank you to Tom Noy, who did me a huge favor. And I've told him this now, but he didn't know he was doing me a huge favor at the time. We got done with this show. 4.30, as we've mentioned, takes a toll now and then. On, on Uncle Chuck. And so I went home. Our dog's having some issues with a possible slip disc or a pinched nerve or something like that. So we're trying to keep him from jumping. And he likes to be active. So I am nestled in with the dog on the couch, just kind of keeping him calmed down and settled. And I'm watching Sports Center. And in doing so, it's one of these sports centers that repeats. And the dog's laying there, and he's warm. And the next thing you know, I've dozed off. Which you're allowed to do once you go home. Yeah, because I'm I'm off the clock. Yes. And it's a Wednesday afternoon. And what the heck is going to happen on Wednesday afternoon? And all of a sudden, I hear my phone go ding. And Tom Noy has sent me a one-word text. Boom. What? What's the first thing you think? And I think, oh, Something's happened. <laughs> and so I go and I check Twitter because... Did you put anything to it? Did you think of... I didn't I didn't know what had happened. Okay. I figured it... I figured it probably had to do with Notre Dame, but it could have been a big high school thing. Oh, yes. Okay. Because you know, Tom's got a little bit of that beat now, too. A lot of coaching changes are being made. Right. So, you know, myriad of thoughts yes. could go through your mind. And I, I don't want to add to speculation by 
talking about what goes through my mind. And I go on Twitter, and there it is. And so I'm getting caught up behind a few of the other reporters who already have it out there. And, you know, to the general public, what difference does it make? Um, but we all take, you know, we all want to be the first one to get it out. Well, and that's your thing. Right. That That's how we've built the Twitter page, is doing that kind of thing. So I'm putting that out there. I'm putting it onto Facebook. I'm letting my wife know, hey, all of a sudden I'm very occupied. I don't know if I'll be able to keep an eye on the dog. <laughs> you know, those, those kind of things. A lot of plates spinning for that, this circus clown. That happened. And, and Tom, in the meantime, has texted me. He goes, Niel still has a place in South Bend, doesn't she? And I said, yeah. And he goes, might be time to move back. And I said, let's see how long this takes. 16 minutes would be the answer because that's the amount of time between Notre Dame's release announcing Muffet's retirement and the hiring of one Neil Ivy as her replacement. Wow. Now, as the days went on and we got the background on this, uh, primarily yesterday from Neil and Jack Swarbrick, uh, we find out that Jack Swarbrick had had talked with Muffet for the last few years. If if the proverbial bus crash happened today and you were no longer with us, who do you think should replace you? And it's a it's a common conversation in college athletics. And you hate to be morbid and say bus crash, but if something were to happen and you could no longer coach, who who would you want to take over? And apparently for years now, Muffet has been saying Neil Ivey is the person, without question. So about two years ago, uh, when Notre Dame had that fabulous team that wound up winning the national championship, prior to that season, Jack's talking with Neil and saying, look, I don't want to give you the title coach in waiting because we don't know how long we're going to be waiting. He goes, but I do want you to consider that you're the number one choice for the job if and when it opens up. And then other teams were coming after Neil, college teams, and then this pro offer to go to Memphis to the NBA. Which she just couldn't turn down, right? Well, it's the it, NBA. It's the NBA. It's the chance to work with the best players in the world. It's the chance to break down barriers. She's only the ninth woman ever to coach in the NBA. And for no other reason than... And this is why I think it was a great move. It's a chance to learn from somebody else. All she'd ever been exposed to, really, other than her WNBA career as a player, all she'd ever been exposed to was the way Muffet does it. Yeah. Which, I mean, works. So there's nothing wrong with it. And that's not only as a player, but 12 seasons, right? As an assistant coach. Under under her tutelage. So now to go to Memphis and to learn from a brand new head coach and to see how it's done at the highest level of the game, that's a terrific opportunity. And Muffet mentioned in her presser the other day that one of the things that Neil would talk to her about is, hey, learn this new drill. Hey, learn this new thing in practice. So she was picking up all kinds of valuable information. And the one thing you hear from Memphis people which we knew at Notre Dame, 
there are very few people who scout a game as well as Neil Ivy. She can scout an opponent and give you a scouting report on that opponent. Here's what they're going to do and break down tendencies like few other people. And even the Memphis staff said, we probably won more games when she was the scout for that game than with the other coaches. So um, all of that said, it was it was made pretty clear to Niel that if and when the time came for Muffet, she was the person. So Muffet also, and, and I know we're going to hear from Coach a little bit later in, in an interview you and I did on our morning show, uh, but one of the things that she pointed out is that she didn't want to leave the new coach, i.e. Niel, in a situation, you know, it would have made sense if Muffet wins the second national championship and rides off into the sunset. But she didn't want to leave Niel in that situation where that Muffet was in last year, where all five starters have gone, you come in, the cupboard's a little more bare than they expected to be, and that would have made Niel look bad her first year, and she's following the legend, sub-500 season. It just, it would have been a terrible way to start for a new coach. So Muffet used the word honorable. She thought it was the honorable thing to do to stay, endure that, recruit more good players so that when she does leave now, the cupboard's not bare. She feels like there's enough talent on the roster to give Niel a fair shot going into her first season. Can I play devil's advocate? Sure. What's going through Carol Owen's mind? Well, Carol has been a head coach at other places. Uh, she was a head coach at Northern Illinois before. Mm-hmm. Left Notre Dame, went to Northern Illinois, came back to the staff. I doubt that this is a surprise to either Carol Owens or to Beth Morgan. Okay. I mean, maybe the timing of Muffet deciding to leave, but they've been around Niel too. They see the charisma, as Muffet puts it, that she has. And some people, and I go back to Charlie Weiss, I think some people are really good assistant coaches, but they're not necessarily made to be head coaches. That shouldn't be taken as a strike against them. It's it's different being the head coach than it is being the assistant. You have to deal with being the face of the program. You have to deal with going to these alumni functions and helping with fundraising and things like that. Assistant coaches don't have to deal with that. Assistant coaches get to deal with player relationships and basketball and some recruiting. I mean, now, you're not getting paid like the head coach does, but Muffet's done a good job of making sure her staff gets taken care of. And I don't think CO or Beth are upset in the least that Niel has this job. Everything I read, uh, tweets and just uh, television and uh, newsprint, I really resonated with it. This is her time. This feels so right. She's 42. I mean, she's she's trained for this uh, basically 
ever since she got done as a player. So she gets done as a player in 2001 at Notre Dame. She's had 20 years to learn the ropes in the WNBA, the highest level of D1, and now the NBA. Yeah, she's ready. And if you didn't bring her in now, who knows where she might wind up. Right. We wouldn't want her on the other side of the arena coaching for fill-in-the-blank. Right. Right? Exactly. Chuck and I had a chance to speak with Muffet McGraw earlier this week, and Chuck's first question was, when did you make this decision to step away from the program? Yeah, this is, this is something I look at every year. Uh, since the championship, um, after that year, kind of looking and said, I think I'll go one more year. And so, you know, most people go and have a five-year plan. I have a one-year plan every year. And going through uh, this season, I thought, you know, I learned a lot uh, after this season, thought about it a lot where we are. I wanted to make sure the program was back healthy and ready to challenge for the next final four. And I saw the class coming in and thought we are in great shape right now, but uh, maybe it's time for me to step down and kind of enjoy another, another, I don't know, another challenge. I am interested in doing something away from basketball. Where do you think you improved the most as a coach? You know, I mean, I went through a complete metamorphosis when, I, when, when I started, uh, Coaching was very different back then. It was 90% coaching. It was all X's and O's, Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit of the Bobby Knight, uh, my way or the highway. This is how we're going to do it. And as kids changed, and especially with this generation, um, who really they thrive on praise and they thrive on positive feedback. And and in sports, generally, there's consequences and there's, there's usually some negative feedback. So I had to learn how to kind of change and be um, a lot more positive, you know, with, with what we gave them after games and during games. And, you know, trying to teach them mental toughness is, is hard these days because a lot of kids don't know how to handle adversity. So I, I had to turn into a psychologist, I think, by the end. Was there more thought to stepping away, having this this uh, current atmosphere of giving yourself some time to think and breathe? I, I feel like I find myself thinking about my past, my current, and my future during all of this. Was that happening for you? Well, we've had so much more time to reflect and to really think about what's important in life. And I thought it was a great time for me to see what is retirement going to look like. So I, I kind of made the decision, but I, you know, I wanted to sleep on it. And then it turned into a couple of weeks, and I wondered, how am I going to live without basketball? You know, I'm kind of addicted to it. So it was nice. I had a, I had a full month without any basketball. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm enjoying doing food drives and getting out in the community, and I want to do more. I think it's a good time to step away. What will you miss most about coaching? You know, I think I think practice. Uh, I'm sure that come the fall I'm going to miss being at practice. But it's mostly the, just the people, you know, the, the other coaches, the coaches in the department, the people in the department, and, and of course, the local media. Minutes ago, I'm leaning into every word you're saying, and you said maybe the next adventure is outside of basketball. Follow-up question. Care to share what that might be? What do you, What are you dreaming about, or are you just dreaming in general? Well, I, th- I think that there's a lot of things that I would like to do, but initially I am going to stay on and still be part of the athletic department, helping Jack Forbrook with some special projects and anything that he has. I would love to teach at Notre Dame. I think there's some new majors coming up with a sports management degree mm. that I would love to get involved with. I've been uh, approached about writing a book, which I would love to do something for women, uh, something, a book that women could really 
get some tips from. And, uh, yeah, I'm open. I'm open. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any jobs available there. I'm not really a morning person, but uh, <laughs> I think I could fill in. What would you envision a course that you teach being? Leadership um, would definitely be a part of it. The other thing I wanted to ask you is I have to think if ESPN has a brain in its head, they're calling you soon to ask you to do some commentary on women's basketball. Would that interest you at all? No, it really wouldn't. I, I really want to step away from the game. I've uh, I've done it for 40 years, and I, I really think it's time for a new career path. How about uh, third-grade basketball coach volunteer? Does that do anything for you? <laughs> what are you learning about yourself as we are in this lifetime out? You know, what are you... What are you uh, experiencing about your own person? I didn't know that I would enjoy the solitude as much. I am an introvert. I do like being around the house and not being out that much. uh, And I enjoy being out in my garden, which I can't wait to get out there to do. But uh, I've I've had a lot more patience. I think I've been more content than I expected I would be. I thought that I would always have to be moving and doing something. And I've started cooking. You'd love to see that. (laughs) I'm... uh, I'm baking and uh, learning new things. If you had to give Niel a piece of advice about, hey, watch out for this. This is something you might not expect or necessarily be ready for. What do you think that would be? Well, I would turn off notifications on social media, and I would not read anything uh, that that comes out. I think I would just really keep my circle very close. Uh, I don't think she needs to be listening to anyone's opinions other than the people that she trusts and people that are surrounding her. How excited are you about Niel taking that position? I'm so thrilled. I mean, she has been just such a big part of our program, and she is so ready for this moment. So we've had to fight to keep her over the last few years, and, of course, last year losing her to the NBA was kind of a, a just a, a huge step up for her. So she's learned a lot and so anxious to get things going now. Take me back to the recruiting process with her as a player. Do you remember what you had to say or what it took to get her to come to Notre Dame? Well, that was a, that was a great experience. Recruiting was a little different back then. You kind of went to Steve and you talked to him a couple of times, brought him on campus, and got to know him. And I remember seeing her in a game, and she went 0 for 11. And I I came away thinking to myself, like, God, I love that kid. <laughs> I mean, defensively, she was aggressive and uh you know, she was clearly nervous that I was there. And I thought that was kind of good, too, that she was nervous. But, of course, I would be there for her four years and hope that she wouldn't continue to be 0 for 11 in this uh, shots because I was watching. Um, but she came on campus wearing the skirt, got off the plane with a cake that her mom had baked for me. And uh, after she left and went home for the from the visit, she called me that night and said, if the offer is still there, I would love to come to Notre Dame. And uh, it was just, she was just such an amazing kid. I was uh, just a, a great recruit for us. What aren't you going to miss? I mentioned this yesterday, but those in-game interviews. Oh, yes. You know, during oh. the Final Four. Those wow. are some of my favorites, you know? <laughs> oh, in-game. Uh, yeah, where yes. Holly Rowe comes over yeah, and talks to her. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Mrs. State just went on a 10 run. Coach, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to know. <laughs> really. I can't tell you how much we appreciate the relationship we've had with you over the years and, and uh, certainly plan on that continuing. You, you've been a wonderful friend. I started at WNDU the same year that you came to Notre Dame, 1987. And like you, I believe in equal pay. So if you could tell Jack Swarbrick, I'm a little bit behind because I'm not ready to retire yet. <laughs> 
You're like Scotty Pippen in the documentary, aren't you? You need a new agent, Chuck Breezy. Exactly. Exactly. So I hope that you got some insights from that. We tried to ask some questions that had not been asked during the press conference. And we are endeavoring to have Niel on our podcast sometime next week. Now let's talk NFL draft. What did you think last night? Did you watch any of this? I, I know that last night was your marital anniversary. Yes. 26 years. Congratulations to you. Congratulations even more to Debbie for putting up with you. Um, so I doubt that the NFL draft was a high priority in the man household last night. But did you see any of it? I checked in on whether or not your assessment from the previous podcast lined up with what happened. Because I, I hold you of high regard. I like to see where you land, where they land. The one thing that caught my eye was the technology screen. Mm-hmm. This gigantic, and let me tell you what, that is right out of uh, The Dark Knight Rises, the Batman movie. They did the exact same thing. Everybody's cell phone in Gotham, and they had all of, so they could find the villain. I thought that's where they stole that from. It always comes back to Batman. For you. For me. For me, yes. Uh, but, you know, we're learning new things, and the NFL is trying stuff, so I give them an A-plus for effort. I'll tell you what. I I mean, having been behind the scenes on productions before, I can only imagine what it was like in that control room with all those webcams that you have to keep track of. Yeah. Um, kudos to... ESPN and the NFL Network for combining forces and coming up with this. Because if you think about it, that director probably has over 100 webcams to choose from. And he's got to coordinate with the actual NFL League office because obviously picks are coming in. And you would see pick is in and they're still talking and everything. And then obviously there's a time it's like, guys, we got to get this to the commissioner so he can announce the pick so we can keep this moving. And uh, that's not an easy job. I thought they did a great job behind the scenes. As for the draft itself, I didn't think there were a terrible amount of surprises. We had broken down the first three picks for you really well here on Sportsyak on Wednesday. Uh, you heard, you knew Joe Burrow was going number one. That didn't take rocket science. T- time out real quick. When you were watching that moment, did you go, so that's his parents' living room. Did you have that moment at all? I'll tell you what, Corey. I have seen more people comment on their wives got interested in this because it all of a sudden became an interior decorating slash real estate show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's great. Yeah. I, I think it's great. And J.J. Watt had the tweet of the night. He said, I can only imagine how long my mother would have had us clean that house if she knew <laughs> national TV cameras were going to be in there. Right? Oh, my goodness. So uh, I, I thought that was a, a, a different aspect of it. It was. Um, that said, uh, Burrow, number one to Cincinnati, Chase Young, number two to the Redskins. And we told you, for the Lions, they were probably going to go with this kid, Jeff Okuda. What a, what a sad but... Great story for him. He he enrolls at Ohio State, and six days later, his mother passes away from cancer. And the dedication that he's had to show and playing for her memory, and so he'll go up and play for the Lions. And then we told you the draft really starts at pick number five. 
and whether Miami would pull the trigger on Tua or not. And I don't know who Tua's agent is, but he better give a healthy cut to Nick Saban because it was Nick Saban talking Tua up to the Dolphins and saying, saying to the, basically to the front office in Miami, you know, I sat where you did years ago, and we passed on a guy named Drew Brees, and we haven't had a, a quarterback like him since. I'm telling you, this guy is Drew Brees. You better go get him, hmm. and they did. And then Justin Herbert of Oregon going to the Chargers, and then the Packers going out and getting Jordan Love out of Utah State in the first round. And I don't know if you saw on the little video screen behind the commissioner some of the reactions of the people from the Green Bay faithful to the Packers drafting the quarterback. They weren't thrilled. I'll tell you who else isn't thrilled, I'm sure, is Aaron Rodgers. That might have been a shock, huh? Um, He's not known to being warm and cuddly to his backups. Mm. He sees them as threats. Now, at this stage of Aaron Rodgers' career, does he look at love the same way? Uh, I don't know. A buddy of mine who's a Packers fan said, we really need a tackle and a wide receiver right now more than we need a backup quarterback. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with Green Bay. The Bears and the Colts did not pick. Now, Wednesday we told you the Bears would be looking at this kid, Cesar Ruiz, out of Michigan. He went to the Saints with pick number 26. Uh, Very emotional. He'd been playing. He lost his dad when he was eight years old, been playing football. This has been his dream, and now he's first-round pick. So congratulations to him. But we'll see if that skews what the Bears look for now. I still think they're going to take this safety chin out of Southern Illinois with the second pick. Uh, But I'll tell you who I think the Bears should take a look at, and the Colts might be looking at him too, is Cole Komet, the tight end out of the University of Notre Dame, because he could fill a need for both teams. The Bears have been terrible at tight end now for the last five years. And the Colts have, have, they've got Doyle, but they could use some help at that position as well. I still think the Colts are going to go out and get Michael Pittman the wide receiver out of USC. We'll see. He's still on the board. Could be a big night here, rounds two and three. I would expect that Aquara, Komet, Claypool, maybe even Troy Pride all get drafted. Why do they wait till nighttime for this draft? Why can't they just do it during the day with what's going on in the world? Well, with what's going on in the world, but you know, some people are still working. Oh. And that that's when viewership is. Viewership's in prime time. Okay. Do I wish it started earlier than 8 p.m.? Yes. Yes, I do. Although on a Friday night, it doesn't make as much difference. But doesn't sting as bad. Oh, come on, NFL. I, I lasted about 10 picks last night. And then knowing that the Bears and Colts weren't picking in the first round helped me make the executive decision of going to bed. And thankfully, none of the Notre Dame guys were picked. So how strong many, decision by yours truly. What's the time on 10 picks? How long did that go into the night? Hour and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which they said, oh, we're speeding right along. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Also, uh, since this is our weekend edition of the act. Yes. Uh, rounds four through seven will be Saturday. There's a young man by the name of Danny Pinter. Was a tight end at Adams High School. 
went to Ball State and became an offensive tackle. He could become the first South Bend Public High School player drafted in 28 years. Mm. Wow. What a story that would be. And do you know who the last, and well, I know you don't know, but I'll I'll throw that out there for the yak, the maniacs. Do you know the last South Bend Public High School player to be drafted in the NFL draft? Now, we know Garrick Dieter's playing, but he wasn't drafted. Who was the last South Bend Public High School player drafted in the NFL draft? Charles Swan from LaSalle High School. Back when the draft was 12 rounds, he was drafted in the 12th round in 1992. Where'd he go? I believe he was drafted by Denver. Okay. So 28 years. Adams hasn't had anybody drafted since Anthony Johnson out of the University of Notre Dame in 1990 don't bother emailing us we've got our answer yeah there you go (laughs) but still i mean 28 years since the south bend public school player has been drafted and that streak could be snapped this weekend that would be great for danny and danny's a wonderful kid um that would be great for him and his family i heard the word demisi on your sports cast this morning yeah so demisi anderson is going to enter the transfer portal. Exactly. Look, it just wasn't working out at Indiana. Uh, Archie Miller didn't like his defense. I don't think Demisi liked Archie Miller. And that relationship kind of went asunder. And he just said, I'm not going to get playing time going back, you know, Recruits are coming in. There's going to be more people ahead of me. So he's looking for some place he can play. Now, Demisi didn't do himself any favors because the strongest part of Demisi's game when he left high school was his ability to hit the three-point shot. And he didn't do that at Indiana. He didn't shoot the ball well at all. You can say, well, he was under pressure because he wasn't getting as many minutes or he didn't get the ball enough, et cetera, et cetera. All that said, his shooting percentage was woeful. Okay, and so he's got to find a place where he can kind of get his head about him and and get some playing time. I don't think it's going to be at a Big Ten level. It might be more of a Mac school. It might be a, a Horizon League school. I don't think he's going to come back into the Crossroads League or anything like that. I could be wrong, though. People do that. Um, but, yeah, it just – it didn't work out for him. It's sad because we don't get a lot of players from this area who go to that level. Um, so everybody was kind of rooting for him, hoping it would work out. It just didn't. Those things happen. Then Matt Harms winds up at BYU. Uh, he transferred from Purdue a couple of weeks ago. Big seven foot two kid from Amsterdam. And they said, well, you picked BYU. Had you visited the campus? No. Have you ever been to Utah? Might have driven through it. But he says, look, I'm only going to be there eight months. He's a a senior who's going for grad classes. And I put big quotation marks around that because he says, I'm only going to be there eight months. His eye is on the NBA. He wants more playing time than he was going to get at Purdue with the incoming recruits at Purdue. There it is. And so he wants to go somewhere where he feels he's a fit. He feels he's a fit in BYU's system. If he can put up decent numbers, then maybe he gets taken in the NBA draft. 
Okay. It's as simple as that. He's not trying to fool him. Oh, I'm I'm going for noble reasons. I anticipate getting my master's. He doesn't care about that. Eight months. Eight months. In, out, bang, zoom, on with your life. Kind of like this show today. <laughs> Unless you got anything else up your blue sleeve. I don't. I really don't. I think we've given you enough fun facts for the day. Everything from Randall Cunningham, 207 NFL touchdown passes, to Charles Swan being the last South Bend public school player drafted, and lots of stuff in between. We entertain and we inform. How was the anniversary night, by the way? We uh, saddled up in the garage with a couple lawn chairs and watched the parade of neighbors walk by, wave at us. We waved back. Did any of them know? Had a few laughs. No. No, of course not, because who's listening to our morning show? Right. Nobody. Idiots. <laughs> no, it was, you know, we we had a giggle at, uh, you know, last year we postponed doing anything because we had a wedding to pay for, and then this year it's this thing. We'll figure out something. By the time you get to 30th, man, you're going to have some <laughs> you're going to have some stock. Daddy wants a motorcycle. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can always uh, follow us on Twitter at SportsYak. Chuck, you're on Twitter as well. Been known to be there at 46 Sports. By the way, 46 Sports Classics tonight. Bremen wins the state softball championship against Tecumseh. See you Friday night at 11, Saturday morning at 9. Until next time, Yak fans. We'll go look at Randall Cunningham Award number 12. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.